Hello, hello, Jared and I. Hello. And we're going to be covering chapter 18, 19, and 20, which are all about weird, perverted sins between family members that God had to write it down so they wouldn't do it. So it must have been happening in among the Israelites in the wilderness with God that they must have came up with crazy ways to start sinning sexually where God had to write it down and be specific who they could have not sex with. So that's what we're going to be covering and the consequences of doing that if they did it. How are you, Jared? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, keeping busy with the kids and everything else. I know. There's always a lot going on all the time. I was going to make a podcast to let people know that I'm actually working on my first film project, Ruth. But I didn't even have time to make that podcast, which I will eventually. For you guys who are a little bit curious, it's filmruth.com. And you can check out the project that I'm doing there. And I know you're a musician, so like I thought about you for some stuff. But you're too busy because you don't have any uh, songs recorded other than the ones you're working on, right? Yeah, I only have the two songs now. Um, one of them just came out yesterday, so oh, where is it? I've only posted? got the two songs posted on Spotify, YouTube, just Spotify and YouTube right now. Oh, I have to look up your song on YouTube then. Oh, well, maybe I'll share that. Uh, right now, I guess uh, chapter eighteen. Did you want to read it, or do you want me to read it? Yeah, I'll read it. Okay, great. So, oh, and we're switching over modern English version to, I think it's called the World English something. World English Bible. Yeah, the World English Bible gotcha. American English Edition. So that's what I'm using because it's copyright free, which I guess I didn't know that for the other one. So now we're going to be using this version. And you guys can read along with whatever version that you're used to at home for these podcasts. Uh, and I, I chose this one because it was a little bit still in English that we recognize. So it would be easier to read. Yahweh said to Moses, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am Yahweh your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you live. You shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan where I am bringing you. You shall not follow their statutes. You shall not do. You shall do my ordinances. You shall keep my statutes and walk in them. I am Yahweh your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my ordinances which if a man does, he shall live in them. I am Yahweh. None of you shall approach any close relatives to uncover their nakedness. I am Yahweh. To uncover nakedness um, basically is a euphemism for sexual relations. Like seeing them, right. And the other thing that I liked about this version, it, instead of using um, the Lord, it actually uses God's name, Yahweh. But it's synonymous with other translations that may be used, like Yahweh or Jehovah, or other names, but they're all referring to the same God. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, nor the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother, whether born at home or born abroad. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter or of your daughter's daughter, even their d nakedness. So it's talking about sleeping with them, right? Not just seeing them naked. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so sister of the daughter of your father. So that would be an aunt. 
the sister of the daughter of your father. Wait, I wanted to like uh, go back and fix what they actually God was saying in, in terms of relationships. So I got the father and the mother part, but the sister of your sister, the daughter of your father, that would be an aunt, right? No. Uh, the sister, the daughter of your father. Of your sister. Oh, okay. The sister. It's just your sister. It's yeah, two ways yeah. of saying sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. The daughter of your mother, which is also sister, right? Mm -hmm. And then you shall not ever uncover the son's daughter, of your son's daughter. Yeah. So basically, you, granddaughter. If, even if, like, let's say, they're stepchildren, so your father's daughter. And the mother's you're not, daughter. You're not to have any kind of relationship yeah. with your step-siblings. Because they were married to more than one wife in those days. So, like, yeah. Rachel or Leah, you know, their kids could not sleep with each other either. But who is, okay, so your son's daughter, your of your daughter's daughter, would that be grandchildren? Yeah, that would be grandchildren. Daughter's daughter. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter. So there we go. That includes stepchildren. Conceived by your father since she is your sister. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She's your father's near kinswoman. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's near kinsman. You Those shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. Uncle. Uh, so aunts, uncles, shna approach his wife, she is your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law, she is your wife. Your son's wife, you shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife, it is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter. You shall not take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are near kinswoman. It is wickedness. You shall not take a wife in addition to her sister to be a rival to uncover her nakedness while her sister is still alive. Wait a second. You shall not take a wife in addition to her sister to be a rival. So isn't that what Jacob did with Leah mm -hmm. and Rachel? Yeah, so basically that's exactly what happened. Um, well, actually Laban did that to Jacob. Yeah. So that's why I wasn't counted uh, wickedness for Jacob because he was tricked into it. Yeah. So well, Laban I think is the one who committed the sin. So well, it's one principle, like, in scripture is just because um, something is done does not necessarily mean it is good. I agree with that. But I was thinking who actually sinned. In that case, it would have been Laban because he's the one who did the trickery and not right. Jacob. Yeah. But it they both sinned. Did they? Even though they had no control over that? I don't know. With Mia, it's kind of a complicated situation because usually people got drunk on weddings and that's why he didn't know it was Leah, not Rachel. So there's an aspect uh, or, of him not paying attention. Yeah, I think it, maybe because it was dark in the 10th and if she was covered up, maybe he wouldn't yeah. have known. But I, I think at least for this principle that you're not supposed to take on sister wives, basically, two sisters, yeah. right? So that happened to Jacob, but then it was really Laban's fault. Like, it was kind of like his, he was a trickster too, but then he ended up getting tricked. So maybe that was just kind of like karma or something. 19. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness 
as long as she is impure by uncleanness. You shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself with her. You shall not give any of your children as a sacrifice to Moloch. You shall not profane the name of your God. I am Yahweh. Okay, so all this other time we've been talking about like not sleeping with close relative next to kin and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, uh, this verse is in there. Now, how did that like get all related among everything else that's going on? And all of a sudden he's saying, well, don't sacrifice your children to Moloch. Well, I mean, actually, all of these things are tied together. These are very common practices among the Canaanites, among the Egyptians, is varying off siblings and all these uh, different practices and debauchery were very common in, in this area. I mean, you can actually see this in the story of Abraham with Lot, and you can see this with Esau and his wives, and even as we we said, the the customs of this time and era were very debased. I'm thinking that maybe he had to write it all down because these things were actually happening, perhaps because Canaanites, if they were going into that land, they saw them do all this stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's why God had to tell them, like, don't do this, what they're doing, but it just came, I mean, it's it's related, but at the same time, it, it got thrown in there where all these other sexual, so I'm wondering is because when they were having all these different relationships, children were being born of them, and then they ended up sacrificing, like having, this is like the first level of abortion back then. It's kind of what I would assume that why this was even in here at all right now, but then it gets worse. And then, cause they're obviously doing uh, bestiality stuff too. Um, yeah. It seems almost like progress into more and more yeah. depraved things as the, the um, commands go on. Yeah. So this is the next one here is homosexuality. 22. You shall not lie with a man as, with a woman that is detestable you shall not lie with any animal to defile yourself with it no woman may give herself to an animal to lie down with it it is a perversion don't defile yourselves in any what in any of these things for in all these nations which i am casting out before you were defiled the land was defiled therefore i punished its iniquity and the land vomited out her inhabitants you therefore shall keep my statutes and my ordinances and shall not do any of these abominations, neither the native born nor the stranger who lives as a foreigner among you. For the men of the land that were before you had gone all the, had done all these abominations and the land became defiled that the land not vomit you out also when you defile it as it vomited out the nation that was before you. It seems like it's clear why God had to wipe out the Canaanites and those that were before in that land. It's mm -hmm. it because of this reason that they were doing all these perversions, right? So it says, uh, I am casting out before you were defiled. The land was defiled. Therefore, I punished its inequity and land vomited out her inhabitants. And it says in all these nations, so it must have been like the more uh, big regions all the way around surrounding that. Yeah. So it was, it was the Amorites. It was the Hibites, the Jezebites, all those. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these different tribes actually that Abraham dealt with, um, not all of them, but most of them, there was only like a couple um, tribes that weren't involved in these heinous actions. But they're pretty severe. 
Like oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, like sacrifices for children, homosexuality, bestiality, and incest. That's what's all that's uh, this whole chapter is about. This is a culmination of 400 years of them growing more and more depraved from the time of abraham so a lot of people like think like oh god that he killed all these people in the old testament it's like yeah but do you know what these people were doing yeah do you know how depraved they they had gotten like if you actually read the text it's just like god waited a good long while for them to repent and rather than repenting they turn more and more and more and more depraved and also and, gives and an the, of what the sodom and gomorrah were like too they were probably doing all of this stuff too you know it only mentioned you know a few stories of their sexual perversion but i think all of this is related like why it is. god had to take judgment on them it is definitely all related like remember um in the beginning of the story of Lot, it said Sodom and Gomorrah vexed Lot's souls. And, yeah. and this makes sense that it says that because what did Lot say um, when the Sodomites were all in the square and they're like, bring out the men, bring out the oh, men yeah, yeah. so we can it was have so relations with them. He was, he was so vexed by them that he actually offered up his two daughters yeah. in their stead. Like, that's how, like, depravity just warps even the most righteous. It got, yeah, he was the only, he and his family, immediate family, were the only ones uh, that could escape that city. So I think this gives a huge clue as to what was really happening. And if in those places without God, it always reverts to this extreme perversion, which I think it can happen in the United States if we... It is happening in the United States. Which is sad because it's basically saying you're defiling the land. You know, Mm -hmm. that means if the nation is defiled, then any day now he could take judgment and drive us out, you know, and start again. That's why to the righteous need to be righteous still. So that because like the righteous of of God and the righteous of Christ are that which hold back God's judgment. Yeah. Because remember the conversation that Abraham had with god if there's but 10 righteous in sodom will you destroy it and so that's why just because you see all the evil around you does not mean that all hope is lost for even if there's just a small amount of righteous god is still very merciful so still be righteous sake of the wicked coming to repentance i think that's why our nation still exists because there are righteous people uh, scattered throughout so verse 29 which is the last few verses in this chapter for whoever shall do any of these abominations abominations even the souls that do them shall be cut off from among their people therefore you shall keep my requirements that you do not practice any of these abominable customs which were practiced before you and that you do not defile yourselves with them I am Yahweh, your God. Yeah, I think it says it all right here. Don't do it because they were practiced before you. So now we know for sure what was going on in that region. And essentially everywhere now too, you know, the people that rejected God. That's why it's so, the sexual perversion is so out there, you know, like. It's pervasive. Yeah. If I were to read the current story, it would sicken everybody. And I don't even want to say it, but the recent examples are so horrible. No, I can't even. I don't even want to talk about it because it's so awful. 
All right, Leviticus 19. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and tell them, You shall be holy, for I, Yahweh, your God, am holy. Each one of you shall respect his mother and his father. You shall keep my Sabbaths. I am Yahweh, your God. Don't turn to idols, nor make molten gods for yourselves. I am Yahweh, your God. When you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to Yahweh, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it, and on the next day, if anything remains until the third day, it shall be burned with fire. It is eaten at all on the third day. It is an abomination. If it is eaten at all on the third day, it is an abomination. It will not be accepted. But everyone who eats it shall bear his iniquity because he has profaned the holy thing of Yahweh and that soul shall be cut off from his people. So this is kind of severe, but it was talked about in the very beginning of Leviticus when we went over that, like the, you, you weren't, they weren't allowed to keep it beyond the third day, not only because it would spoil and other things, but here is like, it's a holy thing that the soul will be cut off from his people. So there must be something about it that God is making that sacred and holy that it will yeah. pass up to the third day. Well, it also reminds me of uh, when Jesus um, died and rose the from the dead after the day. third day. And remember um, where Mary Magdalene saw Jesus and Jesus said, do not touch me for I have not yet ascended to the father. It would be unclean for yeah. you to touch me. Yeah, I was actually in the same thing that this must be a reference to jesus when uh on the well, third day he wrote it would make sense Friday why night. it's so it makes sense why it's such a dire thing that they need to get right because it's a direct prophecy of something to come well god is like making sure like he's you know he's keeping every dot in all the scriptures that would point to what actually is happening what the people did to jesus you know god didn't do that it's the people that crucified jesus and how yes he already knew that because it already happened so it's like now he's teaching them you know the significance of that which they probably didn't know but i guess now that we can read it we probably can figure it out that that's what it was now you reap the harvest of your land when you reap the harvest of your land you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field neither shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest you shall not glean your vineyard, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the foreigner. I am Yahweh, your God. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not deceive one another. This is basically just pre prevents people from being so greedy that they keep everything for themselves, it seems. And yeah, um, this kind so of rule definitely the weeping, takes care of uh, or the gleaning stuff that this whole verse right here uh, i know this verse really well now because i'm doing the film of ruth the story of ruth so part of that story was that when before she met boaz or was actually on boaz field uh, because all mm -hmm. the husbands died and you know they had to move and then go into moab to live and then and then went back to israel so she went into the fields to, because she said, you know, like to her mother-in-law, Naomi, she said, let me go glean today. And that was a way because they were poor. They didn't have any provisions. So they went, she started going in all these fields to glean. And the gleaning is exactly this principle that, that the wealthy, whoever owned the landowner, they were supposed to not harvest 
a hundred percent. They're supposed to leave yep. a chunk in all their corners of so that poor and the foreigner could come and pick it up. And that's what Ruth was doing on the field. Even and she asked for permission to do that, and Boaz let her do that, and eventually the story develops from there. But this whole concept, like Boaz did exactly one of these commandments to the T. You know, he allowed the foreigners and the poor to glean from his property. So you're not supposed to do that. How does that apply today when we don't really have fields to do that? How do you think that applies, like, for a business owner? You think they were supposed to, like, leave some for the, for the poor? And So how I think it applies is it's you have to do a similar thing with your profits. You can't you can't just take all your profits and invest it back in your business. You have to leave some out so that you can yeah. bless other people. You can't like a lot of people was just like, well, you know, if I just take everything, like all my profits for this quarter, for this year, and I'll invest all of it back in my business. That way next year it gets even bigger. They're literally just growing their business for growth's sake. And they're not actually doing anything with with the profits that is productive other than their own aggrandizement. So what you do is you, you make sure that your business every quarter is also giving away some to the poor. You're letting other people um, have market share in the community, so to speak. So kind of like being charitable work. of the yeah, harvest. You don't want to harvesting. What about you? Don't like, want to drive people out of business. That's what it is. I think I do know that big uh, retailers like Target and other places they give out their food, you know, in their community and stuff. But then the restaurants, like a lot of these, especially grocery stores, restaurants, a lot of them just throw stuff out at the end of mm. the day. When it really should be left in a way, a system to kind of let the poor and the needy glean of today's version of that. Put it in a system where it could just shovel that food that is not selling for the day. You know what I mean? Well, you see, it's not just about giving things away. It's also about providing um, work for the poor and those yeah. who don't have land to um, work for their food. Because they had to harvest the food. They had to grind the food. Yeah. the grain and everything and they had to work to eat it so it's about not being so greedy that you leave market share for those who don't have access to that which you have so, so it's basically it's providing basically, it, it's basically allowing like how i would view it in today's world is allowing there for there to be excess for people to start small businesses yeah. and for people to actually be able to um, provide for themselves rather than trying to monopolize everything and capitalize um, on everything for profit's sake. So it's just basically don't be greedy, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the government is actually hurting all the small businesses and supporting the conglomerates to prosper while weeding exactly. out all the other ones. So that's on by design, but I agree with you that it really should be more independent businesses that supporting the community and then part of their harvest is to really release it to the ones that need it. All right, verse 12. You shall not swear by the name falsely and profane the name of God. I am Yahweh. You shall not oppress your neighbor nor rob him. The wages of a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until the morning. You shall not curse the deaf nor put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall Fear your God, I am Yahweh. 
you shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor show favoritism to the great. But you shall judge your neighbor in righteousness. You shall not go around as a slanderer among the people. You shall not endanger the life of your neighbor. I am Yahweh. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yahweh. You shall keep my statutes. You shall not crossbreed different kinds of animals. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed. Don't wear a garment made of two kinds of material. If a man lies carnally with a woman who is a slave girl, pledged to be married to another man, and not ransomed or given her freedom, they shall be punished. They shall not be put to death because she was not free. He shall bring his trespass offering to Yahweh to the door of the tent of meeting, even a ram for a trespass offering. The priest shall make atonement for her with the ram of the trespass offering before Yahweh for his sin which he has committed and the sin which he has committed shall be forgiven him. All right, when let's you, stop here for a second. Um, so there's a lot of things that God had to say no for them doing. So that I just wanted to go over some of them. Some are obvious, like don't oppress your neighbor, don't rob him. The wages yeah. of your servant shall not remain with you all night until the morning, which means don't hold their wages if the servant is dependent, you know, like the servant's dependent yeah. on getting paid every day or whatever the system was. And you shouldn't hold on to it while making him suffer and wait for his due wages and stuff. It says you should not curse the deaf or put a stumbling. Is taking care of the handicapped and disabled people. Yeah. And don't screw around with them to hurt them. So if if anybody did that, then that would be a sin and a judgment immediate on them, right? All of these commandments, it just kind of reminds me of like how merciful God was, especially in the Old Testament and how like so much of our culture lies to us and says, oh, God was so like yeah, particular about things and so uh, had so many rules. And it's like most of the rules are very practical and the ones that aren't practical are foreshadowing Christ to come. So if he's not strict about them. Like, no one's going to know who the Messiah is or who he's supposed to be. But not only that, but look what's and, happening. These people were doing these things. That's why it had to be written down. So somebody was hurting the deaf and st putting stumbling block of the blind. Like, somebody was doing all these things that that well, Yeah, they were pranking people yeah. who couldn't help but to fall. Like, I mean, he's like... Like, we do this today. We prank people all the time, and there are laws against pranking people. Like, you yeah. can't prank deaf and blind people. But there are people in their hearts that are so wicked that they find that entertaining. And, yeah, and so you, like know, you see it in our world all the time right. on playgrounds, children, even adults make fun of each other for having disabilities and whatnot. And and the, God is not in that. That's just our own wicked hearts. And, so and basically, he has to tell the people because, you know, it's not like he's making up rules. He only has to tell them because at some point people were doing these wicked things and he had to like say, hey, don't do that. Otherwise, they would just continue doing it. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is people point out in this passage was talking about um, the girl who was um, taken 
and basically a servant. Um, where was that? It was... Uh, oh, down here. Yeah. Before we get to that one, I wanted to cover this one, too, where it says, don't be partial to the poor or show favoritism to the rich, which I think that is happening now. People are treating... Oh, absolutely. Or, like, as if they're... They, they have to be treated the same in terms of judgment and in terms of righteousness. You can't, like... I think they're trying to turn the table upside down, like saying the rich people are so bad and the poor people are so lovely that we have to give them everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, you, you have to treat everybody with a level of, ex yeah. uh, of respect. Because... They're, they are made in the image of God. Like, don't treat a rich man well because he's rich. And don't treat a poor man bad because he's poor. Treat right. them according to the image they carry. Because you can have and a that's poor God's person image. who's wicked just as much a rich person. Yeah, wicked. all men are, are, are wicked. Yeah. Um, and, and don't look lowly on those who are addicted to drugs. Don't look lowly on those who are... At rock bottom, because you're not that far away from rock bottom. Yeah. And, and those people who are addicted to drugs and have all these bad proclivities to things, th they are there because they are victims of demons and bad thoughts and their own flesh. And they're just like you. And, and don't think that your sin is at all not as bad or you're somehow more righteous because you're not dealing with the consequences that they're dealing with rather be merciful and show compassion to those who are suffering in spirit because really what's happening is their spirit is really experience hell in their lifetime and so they are bound in a way because what they're well, doing is moving their spirit away from Christ and away from God. And the only place that is away from Christ and away from God is a place of suffering and nonsense and that which has no order. So be compassionate towards them and show them Christ. Yeah, and every sin has consequences with God. So in, in reality, but also spiritually, sin is sin. You know, like it doesn't matter what it looks like. And all these things are really just showing uh, what the people were sinning against that god had to say this you know uh, so exactly. this is the other one the crossbreed of different kinds of animal this is happening at record speeds right now yeah and it's not a lot of the time like when you crossbreed certain animals they're no longer fertile and yeah. then what happens after that is if you crossbreed them too much then guess what you can actually cause the entire species to die off well, that's what they're doing. Like all the genetic modified um, plants and like the fruit and vegetables that they did, uh, all of them, after once they produce those seeds, you have to keep planting those seeds. It doesn't mm -hmm. have fertile seeds anymore. So, the well, and a lot of the time, they become invasive, invasive species as well. Not, yeah. And they ruin the local, uh, the local um, fauna and plants and everything in the well, environment and also killing out they're like taking out the purpose of food which was not only food but medicinal stuff too so everything that we're eating now is basically toxic but then now they're doing that genetically modified basically humans guess what's going to happen because you yep. over time they're going to have the same result of what these GMO well, foods were and the other thing is, don't wear garments made of two kinds of material. Well, you don't know why you wouldn't want to wear a garment made of two kinds of material back then. It's because different materials 
dry differently. So they tear at each other when you wash them. They'll tear up each other. They'll become um, all messed up over time, especially using the materials they were doing. You like you couldn't just mix like flax with wool. You couldn't do that because you would actually wind up ruining the clothes over time. They would wear off. Yeah, today this is happening at such a toxic level where all your clothing is basically chemicals now, mixing mm -hmm. and matching all kinds of chemicals with natural material with unnatural material. So that not only is toxic on the ground and land, but it's toxic to people. And I think he meant this for all generations. Don't mix two kinds of material. But we do that. Like all our clothing is it's all a hundred percent mixture of something. And it's more devastating to the environment, what they're doing today, than just even what, what was happening back then. Because all that stuff they have to chemically process. Like every clothing you ever wore now in this lifetime, it's uh has to be chemically processed over and over and over in all kinds of ways. Like the entire industry is toxic, you know. Yeah, and it produces bad toxins in the air and all that fun stuff as well. Yeah. And then here in verse 20, it's interesting. It's talking about um, if a man lies carnally with a woman who is a slave and what's yeah. to happen. He's still supposed to repent. And actually, this this uh, law right here, a lot of people criticize because they're like, well, you're not supposed to do that. That's so unfair that God allows for such things to take place. It's like, you don't understand the time that they were living in. God does not make rules absent-minded of the people's time and space. Yeah, he was protecting in. them. He was protecting the women because actually exactly. this came up before in previous chapters where um, the guy or the father, you know, had to ransom. I forgot totally, but it, this actually came up before where he was protecting uh, unmarried women and he was also protecting slave women so that all goes back to like the time and how they provided for women like women were like almost property of their father's house yeah. and father's this house yeah revolutionary for women yeah. this really these kinds of laws really protected women in a time where women weren't even seen as individuals yeah, they had no property rights of their own. So it had to be like if they violated that woman, it's not like she could just gotten married to another man because her virginity uh, without her husband, that was like the property right that the woman had. So yeah. if, she, if she got defiled, then she would basically not even have a future. She wouldn't have a husband, no inherit, no kids, inheritance, right? Like, so all of these things have to be taken into account. Like, one, don't sleep with her unless you're married to her. But if you're going to do it, then it was like... Uh, these are the provisions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does all make sense. And forgive me if it seems like I'm rushing. My phone's about to die and everything. I have a bunch okay. of stuff to do tonight. One. One, he shall bring his trespass offering to Yahweh to the door of the tent of meeting, even a ram for a trespass offering. The priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering before Yahweh for his sin, which he has committed. And the sin which he has committed shall be forgiven him. When you come into the land and have planted all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count their fruit as forbidden. For three years it shall be forbidden to you. It shall not be eaten. But in the fourth year, all its fruit shall be holy, for giving praise to Yahweh. In the fifth year, you shall eat its fruit, that it may yield its increase to you. 
I am Yahweh your God. You shall not eat any meat with the blood still in it. You shall not use enchantments nor practice sorcery. You shall not cut the hair on the sides of your head or clip off the edge of your beard. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead nor tattoos any mark markings on you. I am Yahweh. Don't profane your daughter to make her a prostitute, lest the land fall to prostitution and the land become full of wickedness. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am Yahweh. Don't turn to those who are mediums, nor to the wizards. Don't seek them out to be defiled by them. I am Yahweh, your God. You shall rise up before the gray head and honor the face of the elderly. And you shall fear your God. I am Yahweh. If a stranger lives as a foreigner with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. The stranger lives as a foreigner with you shall be to you as the native born among you. You shall love him as yourself, for you lived as foreigners in the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh your God. You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in measures of length, of weight, or of quantity. You shall have justice in your balances, just weights, a just epaph, and a just hin. I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You shall observe all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them. I am Yahweh. So let's just recap some of the big highlights here. So what do you think about the tattoos and stuff? This is, uh, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoos or any marks on you. So do you think it's related to the practice of doing something with the dead, like the tattooing? Or is it like general tattoos, like don't mark I yourself? Think I honestly think it's general tattoos. I, I don't, like, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, this is because, you know, tattoos were the marks of slaves or there was ancestral worship. It's like, yeah, those, those can be valid reasons, but it also can just be any marks. Because I think, like, the point was that you don't belong to anybody but God. And by marking yourself with something else, it, it the symbol of marking yourself basically says that you belong to something. Yeah. So maybe they were uh, making allegiance to their dead loved ones or something. And cutting their flesh along with tattooing them. Like people how a lot of people put like faces of their loved ones or writings in memory of somebody. So they're yeah. actually bringing allegiance to the dead or something else that they idolize. Not just that. I think it goes a little bit deeper too. And also into the eschaton. Because the mark of the beast is a mark. And we're yeah. not to have any marks on our bodies. You know what our mark is supposed to be? Our mark is supposed to be the spirit. And how do you how do you know somebody has a spirit? The fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Those are the true marks that God gives us. Because... You don't need an outward mark if you have God. Everybody will be able to see it on your and in you and on your behavior. So a lot of people like to preach on street corners and they like to preach the gospel. And I think it's important to do so. But more important is to actually live out the gospel. People yeah. should live in your life and be able to see the gospel of Christ. And yeah. And so to mark yourself, even with verses and all that stuff, well, yeah, it's a good reminder to have a verse on you, but like, it's not good to mark yourself because to mark yourself is basically to admit that you're not living out the verse. You're keeping it on your skin 
as as some kind of outward sign rather than having your life be a sign. Right, the transformation from the inside. It's interesting that you talked about the fruits of the Spirit, where God actually went through, like, when they were supposed to eat the fruit, which was in the fifth year. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot more meaning to that one as well. But And then the other thing that came in here was, so you, you know, you're supposed to respect your elderly. So then also the stranger, you should love your stranger at, who lives in the land as foreigner as you love him as yourself. So yes. you're supposed to treat people that come in from other lands, same as you. And then it says, this is the big one here too, that you should not use unjust weights or like cheat people yeah. wrong measurements to especially then where they used to weigh all the grain with the weights so like they actually use those balance scales they would put the food or whatever they were buying because it was usually by weight and then they put the weights and measurements on this side so if it equals out to what it says and then you know like if they're saying i wanted like 50 grams of something and whatever it was worth they had if they use unjust measures and weights then that would screw up. Like they would be cheating. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And this actually flies in the face of a lot of like modern Judaism, because a lot of modern Judaism is you can do whatever you want to the goim. You can deceive them, do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, have you not read the Torah? Like yeah. your own scriptures speak against you. It's like, yeah. You're a hypocrite. And like, he, like a lot of people is like, well, I have such reverence for the Jews today. And it's like, well, you know, you, there's nothing wrong with having reverence or respect or liking a certain ethnicity or something like that, or being interested in cultures, but like, do not worship another culture. Basically do not hold other men in high regard just because they're sons of Abraham. Cause remember God can make sons of Abraham out of the rocks and he did. And that's what we well, he did it spiritually. Gentiles. Right. So, I mean, at this point, uh, well, that's the separation from the wheat and the tares, right? So if, if in their heart, they don't recognize these scriptures as truth or God as truth, and they're following their own practices, that were pretty much everything we described. Uh, if they're doing that, then they're guilty of that, regardless of what what their lineage is, right? So yeah exactly all right so chapter 20 now this is the judgment for doing all those sins that we just read about so well this should be interesting yahweh spoke to moses saying moreover you shall tell the children of israel any one of the children of israel or of the strangers who live as foreigners in israel who gives any of his offspring to moloch shall surely be put to death the people of the land shall stone that person with stones I also will set my face against that person, will cut him off from among his people, because he has given a, of his offspring to Molech, to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. If the people of the land all hide their eyes from the person when he gives his offspring to Molech and don't put him to death, then I will set my face against that man and against his family and will cut him off. And all who play the prostitute after him to play the prostitute with Molech from among their people. Okay, so I want to stop here for a little bit because it's clear that he this is an abomination to offer your children to Molech, which Molech, I think it must, must have been like these Canaanites or other gods, right? That they were offering their children for prosperity or whatever. Um, yeah. But the question is, is God really like, I know his feelings on this, but is he his feelings because it was another god that they were offering 
the offspring to, like actually murdering their kids, or the fact of any abortion period, because we do abortions now, right? Which So here's, here's the thing I would say. I would say abortion in of itself is an offering to the demon Molech. So Molech is a real entity. It's a demon. Um, and and uh, actually, the reason we know this is because Paul refers back to the demon of Molech. And, oh, and so, I like, you, you can't separate um, the physical from the spiritual. Because anytime you kill a child for your own convenience or to prosper yourself, because that, like, so that's every what you're doing. abortion, every intentional abortion is basically offering to the demon god whether yeah, they the know it or god. not yeah whether you know it or not and it doesn't even matter because like the demons just want the blood of the innocent yeah and it's, it's clear god. right so it isn't this entire passage pretty clear what god feels about abortion and 100 yeah and, and the and other thing it ties prostitution to it this is like yeah. yeah because like you have to basically because the reason you're having all these children and that you don't want is because you're lustful for each other like that's another thing is that's 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 also how you get the demon Molech involved is you lust after one another you you yeah, I, I, yourself out i doubted that they they were even murdering their husband and wife offspring i think they were probably doing these early abortions because they were doing all these perversions sexually with all the stuff that we just read so imagine oh, yeah. they were getting pregnant off of all the stuff that they were doing. They don't want to keep that offspring because it wouldn't have the same inheritance, right? It wouldn't be treated like as if a husband and wife had their children, which I don't think in the context of a right, rightful marriage, they really would be doing this. I, I, I doubt it. A husband would ever allow his wife to abort children. If that yeah. was his offspring, right? So I imagine that this well, is I mean, the depravity of the people of that land yeah. was so immense. Like I think even us imagining it right now is actually doing a disservice to how depraved they were. Yeah. So we're actually looking at it from kind of a moral standpoint, even in like our day and age as well. So like even what's going on in our day and age, I'm actually one hundred percent sure we're we we couldn't even fathom the evils that are going on in dark places. Yeah. Oh, we can't. I mean, once in a while I get exposed to stupid stuff, but then I'm like so cringy that this even happens at all. But the other thing here was they were to be put to death, right? So yeah. if, if they did it, they couldn't just go live out their life. They had to be cut off. So I will set my face against that person will be cut off from the among his people because he has given this offering to Moloch to defile my sanctuary and profane my holy name. But then I think I, I thought I read, oh, Wait, if the people of the land hide their eyes from that person when he gives up his offspring, don't put him to death. And do don't mean? put him to death. And don't. So basically, if the people don't, if the people turn a blind eye to the action of offering up your offspring to Molech, and they don't put the person who offered their son or daughter to Molech to death, then God will turn his face against those people and their families. So like, you can't they just don't die. They just, eye. they just get cut off. Right. Yeah. You, you can't just, you can't just turn a blind eye to murder and right. to offering up your child as a sacrifice to demons. You can't do that. God will turn well, your, his face against you and those cut people, you off along yeah, with your, because but those that's people are being revered today. You, I mean, it's like they celebrate that they 
have done these abortions. They put their videos on TikTok, you know, Facebook, mm -hmm. all these things. They actually, some of them even go as far as like publicizing their abortion. But then they say, yes, this is my right, whatever. They're like so much into, because here they've said God's saying, cut them off. But then our culture says, no, embrace them. Yep. Yeah. yeah because because we're letting we're letting Satan run our culture. Yeah. All right. Verse six. The person that turns to those who are mediums and wizards to play the prostitute after them, I will even set my face against that person, will cut him off from among his people. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am Yahweh your God. You shall keep my statues and do them. I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. For everyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or mother. His blood shall be upon him. The man who commits adultery with another man's wife, even he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, an adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. The oh, man I want to stop here for a second. So, oh my God. So anyone who committed adultery was a death sentence back then. Right? Yeah, it is very serious. Well, okay. I think there's 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 quite a seriousness around committing adultery because yeah. when you commit adultery, it's almost as if you're killing yourself. Because you, when you get married and you betray your wife, it's not your wife you're betraying anymore. It is you and your wife that you betray. And how do you betray yourself? The only real way to betray yourself is to stab yourself in the back, is to commit your own death base so to speak so actually it, it would make sense to to put the person to death because in a way he killed his wife when you well, go, it's like when two people come wife and husband come together as uh come as one flesh so then you're tearing yeah. apart and defiling their bed but what the interesting part today is like i don't know if you know sites like madison ashley madison where it's made for people to have adultery so like it's yes, it's yeah. like no, I know. So you have all these people who are in these polycules, which is polyamory. They have yeah. a for it called polycules, and um, it, it's just it's gross. And, and they, have, they basically a have a site for every perversion. Yeah. But when you commit adultery, you also in a way kill your family. Like people don't realize this, but like you commit adultery, you destroy your sons and daughters' lives. You know, it used to be adultery used to be a crime. I think in a lot of different places, they no longer, it's not a crime anymore. So it's, it's celebrated. Like you can do it. No problem. As long as it's funny, your freedom, yeah. you have the freedom to destroy your soul. But right. anything that, that um, is good for the soul in our culture is said to be square or to be backward but you're also destroying the home your family your wife your children your entire community so one adultery actually has a huge impact uh it, it keeps going until the last person especially if they accept it then that pretty much destroyed the whole community all at once because some way committing adultery is actually a fate worse than death and, right. and people don't view it that way because they don't actually think about the consequences of it because when you commit adultery you don't just affect yourself and that you're unfaithful you affect your children's reputation everybody your, your right. church's reputation your every 
club that you're a part of, you affect and you you put a stain on. Kind of ruins the community because it wouldn't just be that one person or two people that committed it. If they a community accepts it, then that means it's open for even more corruption in every you know. So that can grow and grow and grow, which it has. We've seen examples of that. My phone's at like five percent battery. All right, let's. With his father's wife has uncovered his father's nakedness. There's that euphemism I was talking about earlier. Shall surely be put to death. Actually, that happened with um, uh, Noah. Uncovered his father's nakedness. He basically slept with his mom. That's what that means. For they are guilty. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, both shall surely be put to death. They are impious and therefore guilty. If I, if a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both committed an abomination, they shall be put to death. Oh, wait, I'm reading my Bible. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. It's it's the same. If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed abomination. They shall be put to death. Their blood shall be upon themselves. If a man takes a wife and her mother, it is wickedness. If a man takes a wife and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burned with fire, both he and they, that there may be no wickedness among you. If a man lies with an animal, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall kill the animal. If a woman approaches any animal and lies with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man takes his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, and it is a shameful thing. They shall be cut off in the sight of the children of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. He shall bear his iniquity. If a man lies with a woman having her monthly period and uncovers her nakedness, he has made her fountain naked, and she has uncovered the fountain of her blood. Both of them shall be cut off from among their people. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, nor of your father's sister, for he has made his his close relative naked. Uh-oh. I think his phone died. So I'll just finish up the last few verses. They shall bear the inequity. If a man lies with his uncle's wife, he has uncovered his uncle's nakedness. They shall bear their sin and they shall die childless. If a man takes his brother's wife, it is an impurity. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. You shall keep, you shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them that the land where I am bringing you to dwell may not vomit you out. You shall not walk in the customs of the nations which I am casting you before you, where they did all these things and therefore I abhor them. But I have said to you, you shall inherit their land and I will give it to you. To possess it in a land flowing with milk and honey, I am Yahweh your God, who has separated you from the people. You shall therefore make a distinction between the clean animal and the unclean, between the unclean fowl and the clean. You shall not make yourself abominable by any animal or by bird or by anything which you which the ground teems, which I have separated you as the unclean for you. You shall be holy to me, for I, Yahweh, am holy and have set you apart from the peoples that you shall be mine. A man or a woman that is in a medium or is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood shall be upon themselves. 
So I guess the key thing here is that what all these abominations that the judgment was that mostly either they were put to death or cut off. And the reason why he's doing this, because he's clearly saying that the people that he drove out before they inherited the land, the land of milk and honey, he says, for they did all these things and therefore I abhor them. So people were doing all these disgusting sins and sleeping with their relatives, sleeping with animals, doing everything that God mentioned that is not only sick, also giving up their children to Moloch, murdering their offspring, giving them to Moloch. And so all these judgments were on these people that God knew he had watched them do this, doesn't want to corrupt the people that he's bringing into the land, the Israelites, that he was teaching them in the wilderness of all the things that are holy and to avoid all these things that are unholy and wickedness. Again, I, I don't have any problems with reading any of this thing, uh, the things that God mentioned. Um, they're sick and perverted. So I'm glad that he noted them and I'm glad he pointed out that these people were doing that and it's a sin and it's wickedness and all these things are actually happening. You know, it's continuing to happen where society is numb to it. They're not following God's ways. They're not even rebuking these people. They're not cutting them off. They're not putting them to shame. Like all of these sins are multiplying all over the world and is treated as normal and normalizing every sin. That's what's happening. The world is normalizing every sin, which was an abomination to God. I like this book. I think it has a lot to teach us. And we'll just continue. So I'm sorry that um, Jared's phone died. His battery was limited. So uh, at least we got most of it in. And then we'll just continue from here until next time. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Have a good night.